Are you curious about bodies, pleasure, and possibilities? And what about curious about what others are up to on the planet when it comes to pleasure, sex, and play? Have you considered what pleasure can do for your life, your body, and your bank account? Do you know something magical, delightful, and out of this world orgasmic is not only possible for you, but totally available to you? If you're ready to be the magical, sexual, sexy beast you know you can be, and you just need the tools to get there, you're in the right place. Now, here's the host of The Pleasure Zone, sensual movement artist, relationship and sex alchemist, Milica Yelenich. Welcome, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight, we're going to have a fun discussion about menstrual blood. Why not? Because you know what? It's a conversation often not had. And the thing about menstrual blood is that without it, we actually wouldn't be alive. So I know, just take that in for a second. So just think about this. If the body that carried you, you know, um, I'm trying to be politically correct here, but I'm just going to go with what's easy. Um, your mother carrying you, if your mother had never had a period, you would not exist. Yep. So menstrual blood is actually required for existence. It's kind of a huge energy behind it. It's kind of the energy of life, really, when you think about it. And so we're going to be talking about all kinds of things regarding the magic and mystery of menstrual blood tonight, how that plays into things like your sexuality or sensuality, your connection to your lover or lovers, and how maybe um, we can change some thoughts around this, because I know that even saying this to people, they get grossed out. I have clients who will call and be grossed out by saying to me, uh, talking to me about what's going on with their cycle and they will be absolutely grossed out by them their own selves and their own bodies and i'd like to change that these are like incredibly natural processes that need to be regarded at not only as such but also um as all that that they represent as well like i mentioned that for example if your mother didn't bleed you wouldn't exist your mother actually required menstrual cycles in order for you to exist so we're going to be talking about all the magicalness of this. We're not going to talk about the science behind how we have a period. We're going to talk more about the energies of, of uh, what comes up around the thoughts of blood, around the thoughts of magic and blood, about the mysteries, some of the myths, uh, and all the things that people have about points of view around this. A couple of weeks ago, maybe even over a month ago, I posed the question on social media and asked, what are some of your points of view that you either personally have about menstrual blood and sex and or that you've been told by others or that you've heard? And I had about 40 or more responses and they were all very intriguing and they ranged anywhere from it's great um, because you don't have to be lubricated to um I was raised in, in a cult and it was considered awful. And I didn't even know what that was until it, I was, you know, having a period. And then I was told that it was dirty. So it was quite a range of information that came out. And 
I'm not knocking anybody's religious beliefs because if in your religion that you're told that it's dirty, then, and you agree with that, that's cool. That's your belief. What I'm here for is if you're willing to open up to some new concepts and ideas that this show is about that. It's also going to be about looking at some of those perspectives and how they've maybe affected our own psyche and our own thoughts about ourselves um, as bodies that bleed, you know? So some people don't identify as being women and they have a period as well. So people who are transgender and they haven't had an operation to uh, have a penis and they still have a vagina, they might still have a menstrual cycle Although sometimes the, the, um, a transgender body person might be taking hormones in order to uh, diminish that or uh, eliminate that and start to change their body. So depends on the phases and stages. So for this particular discussion tonight, we're talking about the average sort of situation, menstrual blood coming from the average uh, cisgender woman, as that's uh, easier for me to term right now. And this is my, as it's my experience, but I am going to be having some um, other experience, people with other experiences on the show in the next little while. So you'll be able to hear some different perspectives and points of view on this as well, so that you don't just only have the, my perspective as a person who identifies as a woman. So <laughs> we are talking about all things pleasure on this show as well. And so how does this whole mystery of menstrual blood and magic and menstrual blood play into pleasure itself? Like how, how do we have pleasure with any of this? And why would I even want to talk about it, right? I like talking about things that are taboo. I like talking about all kinds of ideas that are put out there that um, people struggle with. And they, you know, they also have, um, experiences in life that maybe traumatize them as well. I like to be able to work out the traumas and work into pleasure. So periods have traumatized a lot of, a lot of women, whether it's been physical pain or embarrassment, all kinds of things come up around the menstrual cycle. So we'll be going through all of that. I love talking about bodies. I even like talking about the things that a lot of people find gross. So Yes, this is what we're talking about. Why I'm a huge fan of education and information and the more information we can gather and share, the better to me. So this is an amazing platform, Inspire Choices Network, to be able to share information of all kinds. So if you're a person who loves to share information and would like an outlet to be able to do that um, and have the team and resources behind you to do that, you should contact the station inspire choices network and get yourself going so that you too can say what you like and be heard and be seen so that's what i love about being on this show and i love sharing information with you guys so tonight let's start with the very basics you know menstrual blood what's going on there you know i think I'm going to start with the very basics of my own life is that I actually was very aware of what menstrual blood was before I had my period. I wasn't the kid who didn't have a clue what was going on. And then out of nowhere, there was blood and I was having a freak out. I educated myself 
through different means. There was a great book when I was in grade six that I read called Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. And Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. If you have a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old, uh, as as we're finding that it's younger and younger these days that girls are having their periods, you know, get it for your kid, let them read it. <laughs> My daughter wasn't impressed by the book that much because she likes more intriguing things and um, mysteries and uh, sort of more um, mythology type stuff. So it wasn't her thing, but she did read it and she was like, okay, whatever. But I found Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret was a great, a great set of information for me for my age that I could relate to where I got to understand that people have periods, they don't all have periods at the same time, and some of the basic changes that I was looking for. And I had all of this in this one book before I had any sex education from, you know, my grade seven health educator, or my grade eight health educator, because we had sex education in grade seven and eight. And I also got this information before my aunt, who was a nurse, and she was also um, my aunt was, she's, she doesn't work in the field anymore, but she was a lactation consultant and worked with women with pregnancy. That was her specialty. So she really knew about women's hormones a lot. And she knew about changing bodies a lot as well. And she educated me on uh, puberty, uh, essentially around the same time that I was being educated in school, but her take on it was incredibly technical the rise and the rises of hormones of estrogen and progesterone and how that plays out in our cycles when the egg moves through how you know everything all the things that are going on and what to look for the signs which was great and so i was watching out for the signs um, and she was explaining to me that my body was showing signs which was helpful as my that wasn't really my mom's thing it wasn't really her thing to have a conversation with me about it she gave me a pamphlet my aunt gave me a two hour, very concise informational lecture with a 3D pop-up book that had really cool eggs that would move down the fallopian tube. If you like, there was a little thing on the side that you could move, move with your finger and it would scroll down the, the egg. It was pretty sophisticated book for 1987, I have to say, it was pretty cool. So super educational book. And that was super helpful. So we start at the beginning of when we first hear about our periods as women, as our menstrual cycles. And like, what's the first thing that came up for you? What was the first information you heard? And this is where we start to develop ideas and thoughts around that and where, where we start to get maybe misconceptions as well around what it is and what we're looking for and what's okay and what's not okay, what's to be expected. So one of the very first times I actually heard about periods, I was in grade two, and I didn't know what this mystery thing called a period was. And I had a friend who had a sister who was in grade five who had this mystery thing called a period for which I understood there was a tampon that could be used that was to be shoved in a hole for which my friend showed me a, um, a drain pipe in our school and said, you put the tampon in the hole that looks like this. And so I went home and I asked my mom, like, do you stick it? What do you use tampons for? Like, you have tampons, mom, but we don't have one of those holes, like in the wall. So like, where do you put this? It's pretty, 
pretty weird conversations and there are so many tab there's it's just so taboo and it's still taboo even to this day this is I mean it's been taboo for centuries and it's still taboo and it's it's kind of sad to me that there is so much misunderstanding and so so much lack of information and conversation about it when truly without it we would have no life right so yeah uh, so when i when i felt when i felt like i was starting to like possibly i remember when i started to get like more information so after grade two and that whole hole in the wall tampon goes in the whole confusion i started to get that more and more uh information right so started to get more information from the books and from pamphlets and from my aunt and still i didn't have enough information so when you don't have enough information you sometimes have ideas that you like you get confused you don't really know full-on like what you're supposed to do how to deal with it and my very first period i like woke up out of bed and there was like a blood pedal in my bed. And um, I was fully, fully embarrassed. And even though I had all this information behind me, I didn't have the emotional support necessarily to say, that's okay, this is normal. We'll just wash your sheets and deal with this. No, so I hid everything. I tried to learn how to like get rid of all of it. So there was a lot of shame. And there is a lot of shame for a lot of women around menstrual blood. And there's a lot of shame for women, not only around menstrual blood, but if you're bleeding and you know, you're with a lover, how many women out there will actually say, I'm, you know, right now I'm menstruating. Like, how do you feel about that? What I know is for the first probably 20 years of my period, I didn't say I have my period, I would give this look of total disgust and be like, don't, yeah, you don't know, you don't want to come near me. I've got that, uh, you know, that, that." and like, I would like disgust the other person through my own revolted reaction. So how much are we actually projecting this stuff through our own like self-devaluation around our genitals and what our genitals are creating and the blood that's coming out of them? So we have this self-devaluation. Now, what does self-devaluation do? It's like a massive judgment and it creates, it can create a lot of conflict in the body. When we have conflicts in our body, they can create a lot of issues. So there's a whole system of medicine that's fascinating called the Germanic New Medicine that looks at conflicts, unresolved conflicts and how they affect the body. So if you're curious about that stuff, check it out. There's a lot of great information out there. Um, I took I took some courses in it, which I find absolutely fascinating. And what I would like you guys to do is just get the idea of everywhere that you're, you're, you've decided that it's absolutely disgusting to be around a woman who is bleeding or to have sex with her. I just want you to stop for a second and think what kind of gift it could be to not judge her and her body and to pleasure her instead while she's bleeding what a concept what if you could what if you could pleasure somebody when they're actually in one of their most vulnerable states well think about this how is a woman vulnerable okay guys if you cut your leg 
and you were bleeding for five days, would you be vulnerable? Yes, you would be. So now you got women who are bleeding for days. They're vulnerable. And if you can receive a woman in her vulnerability, guys and gals, whoever, you know, is having sex with these female bodies who are menstruating, whoever, you know, whatever your gender identity or sexual identity is, if you're willing to have sex with a woman or pleasure a woman while she's on her period, the chances are, if you can fully receive her and not judge her, she will probably love you for life. Why do I say that? It's because my husband can do that. And he did that. And that's how um, he did that for me. And it actually changed dynamically for me a lot of uh, self crap that I had. It was our first date. And he didn't really like have judgment about that either. I knew him for a while. Well, I knew him for years before our first date. So it's not like I was, hey, hey, buddy, guess what? I'm bleeding. Let's get it on. It was like, hey, we finally get to go on a date. And here's the situation. What do you think? So a brave man will get his sword bloody is what I like to say. How many men out there and women who generally enjoy a wet pussy do not think they'll enjoy a wet bleeding pussy, right? Think about that one. So we're going to be heading to our first commercial break where you, where you can stew in that thought for a moment. And as we come back, we'll discuss more about this. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network, and we'll be right back after this commercial. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich where she will entice you and your body to know your own Pleasure Zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for the Pleasure Zone with Melitza every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world, knowing your voice matters, and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. 
So in my thoughts on this show, I started to think about like, where, where, where did all this blood become so wrong? Where did it become mysterious? Where did it become, uh, you know, magical, all these things that we can give it super high qualities for. And at the same time, we give it these very uh, other qualities where it's like rejection, disgust, all these other things that would, you know, put it into a, uh, like a category that that would have you not want to even be around a bleeding woman. Well, we look at a bunch of religions that actually say that women are dirty during their period. And I can say that I can only speak from the ones that where I have friends that can vouch for it, where they can tell me from their own personal experience. Uh, so I know that my friends who are Jewish go to the mikvah after their period because they're considered dirty. And uh, some of them are high, uh, more religious Jewish. I mean, I don't have any friends who are highly religious because we probably would never have met. But um, there are some who are religious enough that they do mikvah. And so that's the ritual bath of cleansing. And then there are some other religions in the world that also do a ritual cleanse after the period as it's considered like dirty. Um, and those are mostly Muslim religions where they do a smoking ritual of the vulva area. And then there are African sort of tribal areas that consider the blood, the menstrual blood, to be very magical and used for things like blood, we'll say like blood rituals, right? So um, I do have a few friends who were into Santeria at one time. and they, you know, they usually used blood, but there was like the blood of a, a chicken or an animal that was sacrificed. But you can also use, uh, I suppose, for other ritual, you can use women's menstrual blood. Yeah. So <clears throat> there, there are d different reasons for that. And I thought about that and I was like, well, where does it come in more like Western culture that we use blood for things? And one of the ideas that came up was that blood as as something that is used for contracts so we used to back in the day sign our names in blood and you knew that that was like the living person signing the contract if you signed in red you were signing in your blood to this day that's actually the significant symbol of signing your name in red um in upper and lower cases, but that's a whole other story. So when you sign in red, you're signing in blood, you're considered a living being. When you sign in black, you're considered dead. So when I thought about that, I thought about how how different things with women's blood can also have to do with contractual things, agreements. Maybe there's a binding that goes on that with blood, maybe somewhere in our understanding our DNA we get that when you connect with somebody's blood it's a deep deep thing it's such a deep experience these are this is something that's usually contained within our body and if you connect with something that is so deep within somebody's body you are connecting with part of their living essence right do you think about that if you were drained of your blood you're dead right i mean there's a lot of things if you're drained of you'd be dead but it's a fascinating thing to me that our blood is so phenomenal and it travels at these high speeds and then and then it can exit out of our bodies out of the vagina it can just empty out of our bodies and 
you know, it's a, it's a magical, amazing thing that does occur that we don't die. That menstrual blood does not cause you death in and of itself. You know, you could have other things going on during your period that might cause death, but your period will not cause you death. Although guaranteed, probably a lot of women who never had any information about it thought they were dying. My great grandma certainly did when she was 10 years old. Um, even though she had many older sisters, she was the youngest of, I think, six or seven kids, and nobody told her anything. And at the age of 10, when she got her first period, she thought she was dying and ran inside the house crying. And all they said to her was, oh, yeah, that, you know, just take care of it this way. Zero information, zero education. Why? Because people didn't talk about it. Women didn't know about it. Women didn't educate each other on it. And the men certainly weren't going to educate women on it because they were the ones who had the doctor, the doctoring information. And the women who did have the information were usually midwives. And you would only meet up with them when you were about to have a baby. So it was a little too late to get the information about how not to have babies or how babies come about. So lots of lack of information. Now, there are a lot of times where we still don't have enough information. And it's sad still to this day that I know people who are my age or even slightly older who had no information. And to this day, I actually have friend, a few friends who don't even understand how their cycle comes about or how the hormones operate to make a cycle come about. Um, and, and to me, this is like part of your body. Like, I get that I don't also understand how my TV works, so I don't know how everything works, but there are some fundamental things I'd want to know about my body just so that I can be prepared. You know, this is your body has these cycles. How do they, what goes on, what hormones are going on? How does that make you feel when that's not there? How does that make you feel when you have more of that? How does that make you feel? So I get, I get that we don't have enough information still. Um, and one of the things actually that's interesting too around women's cycles is when we talk about um, the egg involved in our cycles and being released there. I just recently came across an article that was a medic in a medical journal that said that, and I don't even know like where they're getting this information from, but they were saying that they cannot actually prove that women are born with all of their eggs. So that was information that I was told growing up is you're born with all the eggs you're ever going to have, and then you'll never have any more. Well, apparently recent information says that they don't know if that's true or not. So you understand that science is constantly getting more information and new information as well. So we're always looking at, you know, what's, what is the information now? So yes, a hundred years ago, there might not have been information, but every day there's always more information. So we're always learning and we're always going to gain more knowledge. So we're here to share that. We're here to spread that. We're here to get more info on that and also to let go of the judgments about women and like oh your your clear fluid is sexy or your white fluid is sexy but your red fluid is disgusting well what makes one color more valuable than others i get like clear diamonds are super more valuable than rubies but i mean if you got certain rubies they're valuable too and they're red so what's up with that right like why is one more deliciously yummy than the other and what makes blood so gross to people 
I just don't get it. Like I'm not grossed out by blood, so I don't understand it, but I'd love to hear opinions about why people find blood disgusting. Um, I, I find that it's uh, a relief that it's like, woo, bleeding. It's good. And I'm getting some information in the chat room that's really cute. So Chinese believe that red is the color of money. I like that. Also, red is the color that you wear when you're getting married in Asian countries as well. So not white. So that would be a color of purity as well. Red is um, always in flags used as a color of life, uh, living beings as well. Uh, has other signif signifiers in uh flags but red is generally a color of life so can we honor that life and can we explore that and look at some of the magical mysteries of it beyond yes red blood we've used blood for contracts we've used blood for um, symbolically as a way to show threats as well right if you write a threat in blood it's more threatening than if you wrote it in ink right isn't it when you think about it so I'd like for you to just think about if you've ever been with a lover or if you've ever been the lover that's had a period, you've been bleeding. And I'd like you to just like think about while we're on this, um, while we head into this next commercial break, about some of the feelings that came up for you. Like, how did it feel? Did you feel rejected when your partner said, oh, I have my period right now? Did you feel like, oh my god what a waste of time I just wanted to have sex with you and now I can't like did you just conclude right off the bat that there would be no sex because she said she had her period I've had that happen did you get grossed out did you negotiate did you explore did you assume did you as the person having your period assume there's a no-go because you know it's a period it's dirty it's blah 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 it's all these things you were told through you know your judeo-christian upbringing like um what what is going on and i also wonder if there's any beauty for you in it as well have you ever been with somebody who just found it beautiful and received you fully through that and how that changed your life and your experience with it and if that continued or was it like a one-shot one-off deal so I'm really just curious about experiences and what you've what you've experienced. If you want to share that, if you're listening in and want to call in and share that information, I'd love to hear. If you do not have any information, but you just want to come in and listen, I'd love to hear that too. So we're going to head to our next commercial break. You're listening to The Pleasure Zone here on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back. Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Melitza Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. You'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life, and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. 
Interested in masturbating for money, copulating for consciousness, and pleasuring on purpose? 21 Days of Sexual Magicism with sensual movement artist Milica Jelenic is an exploration of tools, processes, and actions that you can use to create more for your life, your body, your money inflows, and so much more. Graduated learning for all levels of interest. Learn at your own pace via video classes or join the yearly live class. Take a peek at www.melitzajelenic.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows, along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Melitza Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email, info at melitzayelenich.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. So today we're talking about menstrual blood and we're talking about the magical mysteries of menstrual blood as well as the the, myth, the myths and all the other things that kind of come up with that because there's a lot of points of view in the world about menstrual blood. So it's kind of a funny uh, topic. And <clears throat> lately I've been reading some really cool books called, uh, they're called the Book of Isis, the Five Books of Isis. And in one of them, in uh, the third book of Isis, it talks a lot about women's menstrual cycles. Um, also talks about the amazing things that you can actually create in your body when your body is healthy. Um, and the the one really cool thing about it is when your body is super healthy as a woman, your, your cum, we'll say, uh, or your ejaculate, if you can squirt, will taste like seawater. Now that's cool. <laughs> but also what occurs for women is that we have this extra part of our body that does, uh, we'll say like an excretion. So for all bodies, you're going to excrete through things like your, you're going to, through like respiratory excretion through breathing. You're going to excrete things through your mucous membranes, like your nose and your other mucous membranes. You're going to also excrete through sweat and through your kidneys, through urination and through feces. So these are like some of our main ways to, to like excrete different things in our body that are uh, like toxins and waste, right? Now, for people who have vaginas and uteruses, we also excrete through menstrual blood and through cycles and through throughout the cycle, you'll find that there'll be different um, excretions going on. And you can actually tell the health of a woman by this, you can actually tell the health of a woman by the scent of the excretion. So that's kind of fascinating too. 
the uh, the one note is that like if a woman is super super healthy, her excretions will also at first have like a hint of sweetness like honey and then it goes to like salt water so that's kind of a cool thing to note <laughs> i thought and also if a woman is having a uh, sort of a really heavy bleed then that's probably because her body is still needing to clean out some toxicity it could be proteins that she hasn't broken up that are kind of filtering through her body and different other toxic stuff that's just sitting around but the magical, amazing process of menstruation will actually clean a lot of stuff out. So in my life, I've had experience of being really tired, bloated. Um, I'd have to say that growing up when I was feeding myself a lot, when I was like in grade seven and eight, my mom worked like two jobs. So she was super busy. And I practically lived on pasta for like two years um, every every lunch. And my mom would say, you can't just eat that. It's, it's, you know, you'll get yeast infections. It's not good for your body. She would tell me, but that's what I ate. That's what we had. That's what, you know, it's kind of where we were at financially. So it's what I ate, but I had enough time when I go home at lunch to make that. So my body was super full of toxicity from processed carbohydrates. So if if you look at this historically, it's fascinating that a lot of women up until around the 1800s didn't really have menstrual cramps. They weren't really mentioned. Then kick into the 18-somethings. We start having women have hysteria. Well, hysteria is like when you are having PMS and you're having menstrual cramps. And the amazing doctors were relieving that with vibrators at the time and manual stimulation. God bless those doctors. We want them back. <laughs> and, um, and what they weren't looking at, though, was the diet of women. Because a lot of the women who were having hysteria were rich women who actually had access to processed foods, where poor women were eating more foods that were uh, well, in in the 1800s until about the 1850s and, and slightly before that, before they started like really messing our grains up, um, women were eating whole grains. They were sprouted grains in our breads. They were a totally different quality of food than we have now. And we didn't have the amount of sugar we had in our diets either. And we weren't all drinking things like coffee and other stimulants to you know, jack up our hearts and jack up our livers to have to filter all this stuff. So our bodies have now become toxic. Now, there's actually uh, a guy, his name is Pottinger uh, in the 1930s, I think it was, he did a study on uh, cats and he had four different gener. He had two families of cats who created four generations of cats and the one family of cats he fed only raw food to and those cats lived super healthy lives with no diseases and the other set of cats he started to feed them cooked proteins and cats do not have an intestine that's long enough for cooked proteins they have a very short intestine and the cats within four generations not only did they become ill they became infertile and even in human beings, we start to see that the fertility rates of, um, in general have gone in the 1980s from 9% of the population to 40% of our population in the early 2000s are infertile. And that's all relating to our uh, not only our cycles, our health. So when it really comes down to it, 
there is sort of, I wonder if there is an underlying understanding that we know that menstrual blood is a way for us to clean our bodies. Now, there was a time historically, and there are some cultures still in the world who honor this, where women had the red tent experience, where they could go out and just be honored, be quiet, have their quiet time, have their rest, be brought food so they didn't really have to do a lot, and like meditate on the clan. And the more I think about the red tent, the more I think what an what an amazing honor and an honoring experience that is to the women who are um, going through that and also that their bodies are being looked after and honored. So, yeah, I actually think more and more about how I would like to be able to offer like the red tent experience to people. And so maybe one day I'll create something like that. So we look at it as a cleansing it can absolutely be a cleansing, but why would a cleansing have to be something that we consider disgusting or that we should avoid uh, this cleansing is actually something that is required and such a gift because we have this we have this menstrual cycle that allows our bodies to detoxify like how lucky are we to have that and it's it's such a great gift and you'll notice too that like even with the heaviness of periods or the quantity or the quality of the blood, how dark it is, how thin it is, you can actually tell how uh, much toxicity is going on in a body by how much your body has to clean out um, every time you have a period. So it's kind of fascinating stuff. So now, you know, I have found my period fascinating for my whole life, although I did experience a lot of menstrual cramps for the first probably 20 years. I had like excruciating pain where I was like laid up for days and days and days, not functional. And the more, uh, the more I would actually eat food that my body could really digest and use and, and have more like enzymes in there and more uh, vitamins and minerals, the happier it is. And had I known in my, you know, teens that having a, a better diet with no processed foods would have been so much better. I shouldn't just say processed, it's processed and cooked, uh, processed and cooked proteins. The pro cooked proteins are the ones that are actually extra special killers for our bloodstream. So uh, cooked proteins include, you know, cooked meats, fish, uh, chicken, and even cooked beans are all cooked proteins. So we didn't have we didn't have access to stuff like enzymes to help our bodies break that up and it would have been incredibly helpful instead of taking painkillers that end up you know clogging up your liver that actually make the whole cycle even more painful so the cleaner your liver the happier your period uh, i believe in chinese medicine they say this the same thing so this information is not new it's been around a long time and there's even talk of that uh, I believe in the, in the early, like around the first century, I believe some uh, authors on medicine talked about women's cycles and having to do with um, not necessarily them having pain, but just uh, how that you uh, like how your body functions and how food is a great component to that. So, so 
for those of you out there who feel kind of grossed out by your blood, if you're like, it's really gross, it's really thick, it's really this, it's really whatever. Um, for some of you, you might feel grossed out by the smell of it. Um, all of this is like your body detoxing. So if you can keep that in mind, know that your body's detoxing. Sometimes if you have something like endometriosis, there's further detox required as your body's like building some stuff up that needs to be cleaned out. If you would like any assistance on that or some consultations with me regarding the health aspects of that, I'm happy to do that. I do work with people all the time with their health. It's one of my main things that I do. So you can connect with me at melitzajelinek.com. Just send me a note uh, via email and or you can find me on social media, message me. I saw you listen to your show about menstrual stuff and I just like some information feel free to connect with me and I can do a little 15 minute consult with you to see if we're a fit and see if you'd like to move forward with me and we can get you out of PMS for sure and get you into enjoying your menstrual cycle so that you can you can revel in it you can enjoy it you can use it as a sexual tool rather than a sexual trauma you can have all kinds of sex with your partner. In fact, on your period, it can be one of the most incredible internal massages for menstrual cramps. It can help the blood start to be able to release. Um, and if you don't have a lover, then it, by all means, masturbate. If you feel grossed out about touching yourself while you're bleeding, then take it to the bath. If you want to get a toy, your toys are washable. So get get a tool to help you out so that your body can have relief. It's actually asking for relief if you're having cramps and it's asking for relaxation. And it's also probably got little nodules of um, buildup in your body too. So you've probably, probably got some spots in your body with some, we'll call them knots in the muscles, but it's actually like more like food particles that haven't broken up. So they need to be moved, broken up, moved out get your body flushing it out and action and movement are great for that. So sex is great. And so is movement. The more you move, the better you'll feel. I know you don't even necessarily want to move because I've been there. I've been stuck in that bed, but even if you just start rolling your legs inside and out, moving your legs around a bit, put some heat on, get your movement going, sit up, sit down, do some stretches while you're lying there. A little bit of movement can go a long way to relieving that pain and there are so many ways to do that as well. And they're, they're like pressure points that all go up your um, governing vessel. It's called in Chinese medicine, which runs right down the center of your body, up and down the back. And there are spots on your body that you can find that you can press. You'll find that there's like tension spots and you press them. You can start to relieve a lot of menstrual pain as well. And you'll find them on your legs too. I find that if I massage my feet um, doing reflexology points or if I have somebody else do reflexology points it can help incredibly with uh, any kind of menstrual flow as well so that's a side note for women who are experiencing pain and decided that their period's disgusting because of pain let's get you out of that and get you into what if it's not disgusting what if it's just something that can change and um, your blood can actually be an assistant into having some super fun sex. So we're going to talk about that in the last few minutes, how to have the super fun sex while on your period and how to not be so grossed out <laughs> or your partner be grossed out. All right. So we're going to head to the next commercial break. You're listening to the pleasure zone here on inspired choices network. We'll be right back. 
Are you secretly a voyeur, wondering what's going on in other people's sex lives? What if now is the time for a totally different sexual evolution? Are you interested in people who are pioneers of different sexual and pleasurable practices? Lean in now with Milica Yelenich, where she will entice you and your body to know your own pleasure zone. On the Pleasure Zone radio show with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich, you'll receive tools, inspiration, and a foundation to allow yourself to receive more in your sex life and quite possibly other areas of your life as well. Listen for The Pleasure Zone with Milica every Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 p.m. Mountain Time, and 5 p.m. Pacific Time on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. This is The Pleasure Zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. To participate in the program today, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. You can also make the choice to ask or comment by email info at melitzayelenich.com Now, back to the program. Welcome back, my sweet, sweet pleasure seekers. Tonight we are talking about menstrual blood and what goes on and why we make it so wrong and why we've made it so magical. Now, yes, it can be magical and you can create your own rituals with it if you like. I personally like have a thing where when it's nice out, I like to go out in the forest and just like bleed into the forest once in a while because I had this feeling a while ago probably 10 years ago or so that just thought well if if we women bled into the earth again like we used to when we didn't have crazy wars going on and we didn't have this level of insanity that we do when we bled into the earth the earth might have needed our blood and was looking for bloodshed that's my thought um, because of all the nutrients in our blood but if we just bleed into the earth again then maybe we can stop some of this insanity. So I've just been choosing to do that on my own. Feel free to tag along if you like and bleed into the earth. One way you can do that is to get, um, you can get uh, menstrual cups. So you can save the blood, you can put it outside, you can add water to it, water your plants with it, whatever. Um, You can also just go out like I do to my forest. You can always just come visit me and go bleed on a tree. The trees seem to like it. So I suggest these things because those are my awarenesses. So follow your awareness as well. And especially on the things where you think this is really weird. This is really, oh yeah, that's a weird awareness. Well, follow it. See where it takes you because it can be something of a deeper connection than you imagined, never imagined or considered. So yeah, how do we find the pleasure in this bleeding so if you can guys maybe maybe it's the sight of the blood that's really getting you but the feeling or gals guys and gals whoever we're talking about that's having you know intercourse with the person who's bleeding all right put on a blindfold that's where i'd start with you is put on a blindfold and lie back let your partner take charge so they can be on top the one who's bleeding can be on top. They can, you know, you know, ride you like a wild stallion. Because the thing about this is, is that when a woman is that wet, it's going to be harder for you to actually come. So you'll be able to last way longer and you'll be like a freaking champion. So when and if you do get to have the chance to allow 
somebody who's bleeding to ride you like a wild stallion. Be aware of the, the bleeder's body. So the person bleeding will have, you know, they might have some spots in their body that are sore and you can just hold their body and hold their sore spots. So, you know, along that, the spine and along the back, they're like on the sides, you'll, you can just feel up and notice if there are any little nodules. And if there are, you just kind of hold your fingers there and let the body release. The more that the person can relax, the more their body will get rid of the stress. And it will also get rid of any of the tension and the crabbiness and the emotional stuff. So if you really want your lover to not be crabby during their period, then doing some stuff for, um, for tension release and learning some tension release massage can be super helpful. And also being willing to allow them to use you as a tool for pleasure, use your body and enjoy you and you enjoy them. And if it's really the sight of blood, wear a mask. If it's the smell of blood, then light some candles in the room because you might be hypersensitive to smell. Um, if their body really does have an offensive smell, then then it's time for them to either talk to a doctor or I would prefer they talk to a nutritionist so that they are on the correct food so that their body is having And, you know, with touch, it won't feel that much different than other cum. So you can still touch it. You can still play with it. You can rub it on you. It's okay. Nobody's going to die from this. You can actually thoroughly enjoy your lover if you just let go of all your pretenses and, you know, all of your puritanical views on these things and your Judeo-Christian values that you've valued much more than you valued your partner. Yeah, I just said that. If you've got some Judeo-Christian values that you value more than your lover, then it's going to be pretty hard to be able to enjoy a lover who is bleeding. There are other, you know, there culturally it's kind of across the board. There's a mix where people um, cross the world where people judge this. So it's not just Judeo-Christian, but I can speak from that stance because that's my experience. So enjoy your lover, do whatever it takes, whether that's wearing the blindfolds, putting on some candles and or do it in the bath do it in the shower so that if the look of the blood is really bothering you it's going to get washed away by the shower they're still going to be wet as wet can be on the inside super enjoyable all the mess is cleaned up all the more fun no reason to end your pleasure just because somebody's bleeding and in fact it can be even more fun than you imagine so thank you for listening to the pleasure zone with sensual movement artist Milica Yelenich. The Pleasure Zone returns next Monday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, 6 p.m. Mountain, and 5 p.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. We hope you'll join us. Until then, have the best week of your life by choosing to be turned on and tuned in to your body.